0: And welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Fulham. We're going to go back to the 90s alternative music scene today and talk with Vinny Dombrowski, lead singer of Sponge, whose biggest hits included Molly and Plowed. Vinny tells me if he knew Plowed would become such a massive hit and the story behind the song Molly. He talks about his latest project, The Beer Sessions, and some of the favorite tours that he's been part of. Here's my conversation with Vinny. And helping me relive my youth today is Vinny Dombrowski. Vinny, how are you today?
1: Doing all good, no Top shelf. You know, we're experiencing uh, some snow and cold weather out here in Detroit, so uh, everything's moving a little slower today.
0: Yeah, I, I hear you. Same, same thing here in Connecticut. <laughs> gotta, gotta get the spring here as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. but before we you know, look back and look forward, um, you know, you've, you've been interviewed on a ton of shows, Letterman, Leno, Conan. I would imagine the highlight of your career has to be being interviewed by Space Ghost.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I am a fan of the show, was a fan of the show. Uh, when, it, when it came out, I got a big kick out of it. So I thought it was like a big deal doing it when uh, I was asked to do it and we happened to be in Atlanta. I think that's where it was uh yeah put together and uh at, at the time we were out there and I was like pretty pumped up to do it but uh what's that guy's name uh the the uh the uh, uh oh man, he's like a praying mantis. What's that dude's name
0: Oh yeah um it's gonna come to me.
1: <laughs> and I can't even think of his name right now. Yeah he kinda cut me short.
0: Yeah, it was like, like 30 seconds, I remember.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I think it was like, Benny from Sponge, and he goes, I'd never heard of him. And then he, yeah, then he just, uh, cut the interview short.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, that, and that show had, like, a ton of great, you know, musical guests. I think Bjork was on there, Tom York, and then, you know, a ton of others.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's what I thought was a cool thing. You know, it was kind of cool for rock and roll. Yeah,
0: Yeah. no doubt. uh, I'm sure halfway through the interview, I'll, I'll remember his name. Was it Zorak or something like that? Zorak, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I had this useless information for something, you know. <laughs>
1: ah, great.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's go, let's go way back. Uh, your time, you know, growing up in Detroit. Uh, who were some of your musical influences growing up?
1: Well, I think early on, as uh, early as maybe five, six years old. Uh, my sister brought records into the house, so uh, it probably was like the Beatles, you know. But after getting a little bit um, older and uh, having my own opportunities to go get records and gather up influences, uh, it, it steered away from the-
0: He was a visionary, he sure was.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, w- without a question. Uh, and, of course, you know, studying up on how Bowie kind of became Bowie it, uh, via Lou Reed and Iggy Pop, and and um, I always, I, I didn't understand the connection then, but uh, as years have gone by and just starting to read a little bit about the Velvet Underground and, and uh, Andy Warhol and, and uh, the influence that that scene had on Bowie, and not to mention again, Iggy, uh, I go, it all seems to tie together. It doesn't surprise me why I was influenced by Iggy and Bowie, uh, uh, together.
0: Right. So, so when did you first, like, start playing music?
1: I would say, um, God, You know, like a lot of kids do in school band when you're eight years old, and right. you, know, you start playing instrument I was playing drums and uh, I played drums for a number of years and then uh, I like to write songs so I think that that's what kind of kind of pulled me from behind the kit out out into front uh, a band and um, yeah but I, I, I it was drums
0: yeah and then that's how you like first started with the uh, loudhouse right playing the drums
1: that band that that group was signed to Virgin Records I think in uh, 90 or 91 or something like that
0: yeah and then after that um, did the band break up or you you just left it to form Sponge
1: Um, we had the record released on Virgin Records at that time and um, we were ready to start making the next record, uh, the label dropped us, which at that time to me was not a big deal. Uh, I, I wasn't discouraged at the time, and we started to write and record a second record, and we certainly would have found a home for that record at the time, uh, but uh, the, the singer in the group at the time uh, left, decided to pack it in and, and, and split, and so we were like well let's just keep writing songs because i wrote songs in that band as well we kept writing songs and demoing the songs i was singing on the demos and we were like well this is sounding okay let's just continue this way so
0: and then sponge releases their debut album rotting pinata in 1994 it's a smash hit certified gold tremendous songs are you surprised that it's still so popular today
1: I am surprised i know that things kind of they come and they go but we've been fortunate in that uh Plowed has been a, a staple at rock radio and alternative radio for many years and molly as well um wax static to a lesser extent and uh, of course have you seen mary has gotten his fair share of radio so i think due to the support of radio over the years uh and of course radio that's a lot of younger bands really don't get to take advantage of, although we didn't have YouTube back uh when we were coming up in bands. You know, uh, I, I think that uh, um, you know, just for the fact that radio has supported us all these years and kept us visible. That that has fanned the flames to keep the keep the music around. You know, it keeps the band around.
0: Yeah, now you, you mentioned like, you know, younger bands right now and, and YouTube. Um how has, besides that, how has the music ch- industry changed from when you started to, like, now?
1: Well, there was just an incredible amount of good creative energy and money to your bands that otherwise wouldn't have gotten major deals. They got major deals, okay? So it's like, you know, labels had money, and they had the money via the... um Mastering and repackaging of vinyl records uh, into the digital format, and that was a CD. So they were making money hand over fist, like reissuing catalogs of albums, vinyl albums on onto disc. Uh, that generated income, and when that happened, um, a lot of bands that wouldn't have gotten signed got signed. Um, also, people bought records years ago. What's Changed so incredibly. Even the major artists don't sell the number of records they used to sell. People go onto YouTube and they listen, they don't buy. Right. So, you know, that certainly is something that is enormously different. It was a huge shift. And what we're left with today is if you want to still make some kind of income uh, playing music, you got to go out and play shows. You know, this is where the income is derived. Um, some groups, of course, are, are lucky enough to still sell records, but if you're not selling records, you're out there playing gigs.
0: Yeah, and you've and you've done that all these years, and you've also like combined with other acts from the '90s to do like those Summerland tours. How was how was that been?
1: Well, we've done two of them so far. We did uh, Summerland 2013 and Summerland 2016, and um, it, it's just great to do a high-profile, well-organized tour. Um, stuff like we used to do uh not to mention uh touring with our friends you know the guys never Everclear have always been uh great to us art has always been a huge uh ally to us and you know being out there with guys like uh the, the guys from live uh that's that's always a, a a really great thing so we toured with a number of bands on that summerland package and it's, it's always been a blast
0: yeah, I I wasn't you know fortunate to see one of those, but I, I did see you guys live once, and I hope to see you guys again when you come to New York. But uh, when I was in college, you came to Buffalo and played. I think it was the Armory. It was like ninety five, and I remember it was you know a really a solid show. Who
1: else was on that bill?
0: Do you remember? Oh my god. Uh, I I think you. I think you, I don't know if you opened, I, I honestly, I don't remember. I just remember seeing you guys. So I don't know if I came late, but I, I think you guys were the headliners. It was a, a small club in Buffalo.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we've had some dynamite shows in Buffalo, Syracuse, you know. It, it seems like uh, New York in general is a a great place for sponge. We uh, were out on the East Coast many times last year and we already get gigs booked uh a couple of different runs out east uh,
0: this year, so yeah, it's always been great. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Like I said, I'm hopefully I can you know hit up you guys in, in March to see you in uh, in Queens, my hometown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So b- back to riding Pian- Panada uh, for a second. Uh, you know, Molly was on on that, and most people think it's has something to do with Molly Ringwall, but it clearly doesn't. Correct.
2: Down the drain Hello.
1: It's the song. Does not. Uh, it, it never had that uh, of, of basis and inspiration. However, after we made the record and it was being released as a single and we were going to make a video. Uh, Her manager reached out to us and uh, wanted to know if we were interested in featuring her in the video. Of course, at the time, you know, we were just like, ah, man, that that would be silly. Um, We decided uh, not to do that, which looking back, I go, that was dumb. We should have had her involved in that video, you know?
0: Yeah, totally, so what was the song really about?
1: Uh, growing up way too fast. Doing things as a young person that young people shouldn't be doing. You know what I mean? It just, and that was kind of like the the background for my growing up, you know. Now that I look back at my uh, uh, teen years, you know, I go, no normal teen that is involved in that kind of atmosphere, you know. But we were. You know, and right. that—that's just how it was. I don't regret it, but I didn't know how abnormal it was until just a couple of years ago, like literally two years ago. I'm going—that's kind of a strange upbringing when you're exposed to, you know, drugs, alcohol, sex. You know, when you're just a young teenager, you know.
0: Right, but I mean, at least you—you you learned from that. It's a like cautionary tale.
1: Well. You try, (laughs) (laughs) right? You try. I I don't know, man. I I don't know if I got smarter. I've certainly, I guess, got more aware of, uh, you know, uh, aware of things. But I don't know if I'm any smarter about it.
0: Right. So um, then, probably your biggest hit off that album, probably ever, is "Plowed." Um, Did you know that song would be a hit?
1: We, we weren't sitting around going, you know, um, we're writing hit songs. Uh, and understand this, at that time, rock radio, and this is, this is when alternative radio was still an infant. Um, that alternative format it, it broke a ton of bands, but the type of radio that we were exposed to back then certainly wasn't the typical alternative radio that uh, people uh, grew to know. Uh, rock radio consisted of ACDC and Led Zeppelin and um, all of those staples. Uh, and, and so Plow didn't sound like any of that kind of stuff. And, again, we weren't sitting there going, you know, we're writing hit songs. We just wanted to write something that we liked.
0: Yeah, and myself, including all the other fans, definitely love that song and still uh, a sta- still staple on the radio today. Yep, yep. Yes, but... Um, since then, the band has undergoing a bunch of, you know, lineup changes, uh, but you've been the mainstay Sponge. Was it difficult uh, to change the chemistry of the band?
1: Well, I mean, I'm certainly to a great extent a, a creature I have, but I hate to uh, lose good people in the band, you know, for whatever reason. But um, this business is not for everybody. It's not predictable, Um, I explain this to my kids sometimes, you know, most parents, they get a paycheck every week. My paycheck doesn't come every week. My paycheck comes when it it wants to come, and it's a weird way to live, but, you know, if you're kind of smart about it, you can make things work. So it's not for everybody. So people leave music, or they leave the band for various reasons, and I think that most of the guys that aren't in the band anymore – they have some other form of income and it's not, it's not music, you know, they're doing other things. So to be doing this for many years still being able to do it, uh, I feel blessed and um, I, I enjoy what I do, you know?
0: Yeah. And if, so if and we, got,
1: we got a great, we got a great lineup in the band. Now the guys that have been in the band, Billy, my drummer has been in the band probably 16 years now, you know what I mean? So right. It's just, yeah, and Andy Padlin has been with the band of Kyle now, probably 13 years, I would guess. And um, Tim Padlin is playing bass, our producer. So, you know, it's a great, great team of guys out here.
0: Yeah. And you guys, pretty much, when you perform, don't even have a set list, correct? I heard, like, you guys just take requests and play, you know, what's pretty much what you want, and the fans want, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously the, the Wax Ecstatic song we oh, yeah. open up with. Uh, after that, it's kind of like it, it, it meanders all over the place, and uh, that's you know we're always pretty proud of that. It's never this this regimented show, you know.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's good. You know, that's it, it keeps it exciting and live, right? <laughs> well,
1: yeah, I hope so. I mean, you know, I hope it keeps it exciting for the folks who come to see the group.
0: You know, right now you mentioned uh, wax ecstatic. What exactly is wax ecstatic?
1: happy but the pill is made from the suffering of, um, of other folks so that's kind of the idea of the song
0: right now like fans who are like only aware of like you know rotting and wax ecstatic uh, what would be like the best placement to start to like reconnect with you guys in your catalog well
1: w- without a doubt you know, the first record the first record is i think as far as what people have come to know about the band, that's like a real good primer for folks and um, to get an idea of what we do. Um, Moving into Wax Ecstatic, the second record, I guess there's reasons why we made all the records we made. Uh, Wax certainly is a different record than than Rotting, um, but that's another good one to kind of, uh, for folks to get their teeth dug into. But I think by the time you get to the third record, the new Pop Sunday record, it's a real good overview of what it is the group does and what the group has uh, put out on, on records uh, since 99. Yeah, it's a real good overview. So you get a really good idea. So it, you kind of get what's hap- uh, coming up on the, the, for all the drugs in the world record and the man record and all the way up through the beer sessions from 2016.
0: Yeah, and speaking of the beer session, it was a fascinating idea. You shot videos of going to different breweries and talking to them. How, what was like the process of that?
1: Well, it was just simply to go and make a record. Uh, that's, that's what we wanted to do. Um, I'm talking to a friend of mine, Eric Brighaman, who's like the, uh, brewmaster at Rochester Mills Brewery in Rochester, Michigan. Um, he said he wanted to come and hang out while we recorded one day. And I go, well, fine, come hang out, make sure you bring some beer. So, you know, the the bells went off in my head. I'm going, ah, great idea. Uh, Maybe we'll do this with another brewer friend of ours and another brewer friend of ours. So we pinned together like six beer sessions. Um, on a nine song album and um, it was just a, a great kind of throwback to recording the way Sponge used to record which was basically writing a song and recording it in the same day we weren't stressing about like uh, the perfect vocal take or the perfect guitar solo and um, and we we interviewed brewers you know we hung out we talked about beer and ate food and talked about music and it was a lot, a lot of fun
0: yeah I mean I Advise all the fans to check them out. They're on the website, spongetheband.com, and they're, they're really entertaining.
1: Cool, man. Thank you. Yeah, we, we managed to get our girl in the hate Beer of the Day thing figured out. You know, we try to present the beer in, in a really cool way, and we have some of the top brewers in the area, if not the top brewers in the area, you know what I mean? So we're, we're really proud of that.
0: Have you thought about like taking that like on the road a little bit you know, a little more
1: yeah we've gone out we did a, uh, a live beer session out in uh, Traverse City at right brain uh, which is just a stellar brewery uh, we were doing some on the road um, during Summerland 2016 so I'd love to do it it's just really it's gathering up sponsors um, in order to cover costs you know like for uh, filming and editing
0: Right, and you mentioned like you know covering costs and stuff like that. Some of the last couple of albums were you know f- the, the you know were funded by you know the pledge campaigns and stuff like that. I I know a lot of artists are doing that now. Um, what was that experience like for you?
1: Uh, a lot of fun, an adventure. You know, uh, we we've made a lot of good friends uh, because of those those pledge music campaigns, and um, it was something real different for us because. Typically, we would either have a label pain, or we would pay for it ourselves. And we're like, you know what? Let's just jump into this thing. Let's jump into the social media world and start ramping up a Pledge Music campaign. So I think our first one that we did may have been back in 2014 to fund a West Coast tour. So um, we've done, I think, three of them since then.
0: Right. And yeah. Like- yeah, and social media like you mentioned, it's a great way to re- you know, to connect with fans and stuff like that. It makes you guys a little more like human and you know, personable rather than just you know, go go see you guys you know for a couple hours in the show and then you know, wait for another album.
1: Well, I mean, this is it. I think it's and I I enjoy um, our time with the fans. It's always a blast. We got some great fans and great friends out there. Um, it's not for everybody though. I think some. Bands don't want to get involved in the one-on-one kind of uh, hangout with with, uh, the fans. But, you know, we uh, can't thank our fans enough for coming out to the shows all these years and and enjoying the adventure of uh, what it is that Sponges.
0: Right. And you've played with a bunch of great bands. You opened up with a bunch. Um, Who are some of your favorites that you've opened up for?
1: I think one of the uh, coolest tours I can remember doing, and we've done a lot of cool tours, but, I mean, we were on the road with Soundgarden and, in and Europe and, and White Zombie in Europe uh, with Lollapalooza with Soundgarden and Metallica in 96. But I think one interesting thing for me was just um, being on the second stage, Lollapalooza in 96 with uh, the Melvins and the Cows and... We've seen how diverse the music can be, but yet the fans just seem to dig it all. They, you know, they would hang out and watch us, and then we, and before we would play, the Melvins would play, and and um, you could go watch Devo play or Rage Against the Queens. So it's just a just a ton of very different types of bands that people seem to just enjoy everything. So I think that was great. Of course, touring with E Pop and. 90, uh, 97 was a, was a blast, but, you know, meeting Lux Interior from The Cramps, uh, doing a show with The Cramps was a big, big deal for me. And, you and, uh, know, just, uh, just tons of groups. Uh, Reverend Horton, he, uh, Richard Butler from the first, the yeah. man uh, of the blast. But, you know, I'm fast forward and all the way uh, to 2016 with, with Everclear, you know, those, you guys are just a great group
0: of guys. and um, Always always fun to be out there with, uh, with art. Yeah. yeah, so it's a, it's a win-win. You, you get to play your stuff, and then you get to watch some great music.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you got to be a fan of music, I guess.
0: Yeah, exactly. And last question. Uh, you guys played on the Kiss Reunion Tour in Detroit. I'm sure playing at home Tiger Stadium before, I think, it was closing down had to be a great, great experience for you guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, it almost doesn't get better than that to play in a baseball stadium that you would go to and watch baseball games since you were a kid and the thought of KISS being in town to do that and KISS, make no mistake, was just a legendary band in Detroit, I think before they were a huge success around the world. Detroit was a big town for KISS, and then to have our pals from Allison Shanes on that show uh, was just uh, a a great, great day. I mean, you know, it was kind of a drag how we got the gig. It was because of uh, Scott Whelan at the time having to go to rehab. Um, They dropped off and we jumped on.
0: Yeah, I mean, unfortunate, but it was a good opportunity for you guys (laughs) Yeah, and Tiger Stadium, I've been there a bunch of times for games. It was one of the best places to watch a game live, <laughs> baseball game.
1: <laughs> yeah, old school, old school um, yeah. art, you know what I mean? And, and, and they certainly don't make them like that anymore, but uh, a lot of good memories.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, Vinny, thanks for a few minutes today. Uh, good luck with the tour, and I hope to see you guys when you come to Queens. Well,
1: give me a shot if you're coming out to Queens.
0: And a special thanks to Vinny for joining us today. You can follow Sponge on Twitter at SpongetheBands. Their website is spongetheband.com. You can follow me on Twitter at TheFirstNoel19. Like the page of Living My Youth on Facebook. Please go to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Check out the past episodes, and while you're there, you can rate and review the show. Special thanks to everyone who's listening. I can't do it without you guys. And be on the lookout for another episode of Living My Youth real soon.